Welcome to church. I uh, just want to say uh, we are continuing on with our series. I want to say thank you to Althea for last week's message on, um, on uh, Colossians. She did a great job just uh, focusing in on prayer. It was a really great message. I just encourage you to listen to that again on our YouTube channel uh, and also on podcasts on our various platforms. You can see it all there. You might be asking this morning, what is so important about Colossians? Well, See, the, the, the church in Colossa was uh, under attack from false teachers saying that Jesus wasn't actually God. So Paul, the Apostle Paul, who is the author of Colossians, addresses this issue head on. See, the nature of Jesus Christ as creator and redeemer was non-negotiable for Paul. It was vital to Paul that this church know God in his greatness and in his glory. Christ was and is the visible image of the invisible God, having within himself the fullness of divinity. Jesus is sovereign and above all things with an authority given to him by the Father, and as such, Jesus is also head over the church. See, Jesus has reconciled all things to himself through his death on the cross, making us alive to God and puts us on the path to lifting our vision and overcoming discouragement and disappointment. So this morning, I'm going to, I'm going to read from Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 to 15. It says this, So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you are taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that you bring about transformation. You help us to see things differently today, that we can take away and be completely encouraged by your word today, strengthened by your word today, that our focus is in on you today. And I thank you for that in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. So in Colossians, Christ is the center of everything. My goodness, it's so good to speak with my hands again. There we go. He's the center of faith and our prayers. He's also the center because of who he is. So so yet even with all that Jesus has and is and is yet to do in our lives, we can still get discouraged 
and disappointed in life. And it's likely that many have become discouraged and disappointed with their dreams being unfulfilled, having unanswered prayers, with their uh, uh, powerless situations that we're facing today, and maybe seemingly a distant God. So I want to say something here. Please hear what I'm about to say. What I'm not going to do is to put people down because of how they are feeling in life right now. This last season for many of you that you've come through has been exceptionally exhausting, disturbing some, uh, maybe alarming, and maybe it's been a really big letdown for others as well. So I know that some of you may be feeling discouraged or disappointed, but just for a moment, think about those two words. Think about being discouraged and disappointed. See, at the start of those words, there is a uh, uh, this dis word. It's it's a Latin prefix meaning meaning it's it's to apart. It means apart. It means away or having a negative or a reversing force. So, in other words, what it does, it separates us or is opposite to the word that it's attached to. Do you understand what I'm saying this morning? So, as an example, the word uh, disability. What it's meaning is that God says to us, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. But when we say we've got a disability, we're saying, no, I'm separated from that. I can't do that ability. I don't have that ability. So I'm distancing myself. There's a negative force at work in that word. So as another example, we disaffirm. Uh, that word disaffirm. So uh, God said, the father said of his son, this is my dearly loved son. And he says the same thing over you and I today. You're my dearly loved son. You're my dearly loved daughter. And so what we do with that disaffirm is we say, I'm separate. That doesn't apply to me because I'm separating myself. It's a negative force at work against that word. So if we think about the disease, dis-ease. There's an ease that God wants us to live in. There's a wholeness. There's a, the, a fullness of, of health and, and everything that he gives to us. So when we say we've got this dis-ease, what we're saying is I'm separated from God's ideal for my life and I, I, it's a negative force at work within me. And that's just not just in physical. That's, that's mental. That's emotional. That's sometimes relational as well. You know, some people say that my, my relationships are sick. They're diseased, you know, and, and so we're saying we're separating it from it. There's another word called disbelief, where God says, have faith in God. You know, Jesus says, have faith in God. So what we're saying with disbelief is, I've separated myself from the belief that God wants me to have. I'm, I'm working against that. I'm, I don't have that in, at work in my life. And, and we, we start to see that happen. We say, I'm disowned. We, we have this disowning sort of word where God says, I've called you by name and you are mine. And what we say is because we feel disowned is that I've separated from that and I'm, I'm no longer God's. He's no longer my father. I feel like I've, I've walked away or he's walked away and whatever we, however we got there, we find ourselves saying that we feel disowned. So it's where we become or allowed ourselves to be separated from something or someone in our life. So when we say <clears throat> discouraged, it's to be cut off from courage, from the strength and the help that God gives us. Now, I want to declare over you this morning, Isaiah 41 verse 10. It says, so don't fear, for I am with you. Don't be dismayed, for I am your God. I'll strengthen you and help you. I'm going to give you courage, he says. I'm going to put that in your world. So then when we say disappointed, 
is to be separated from being appointed by God. And I want to declare over you this morning, John 15 verse 16, it says, you didn't choose me, I chose you and appointed you to go and to bear fruit, fruit that'll last. So I want to declare over you that you had the strength of God working within you. And I want to declare over you, you are appointed. There's no more disappointment in your life because God has appointed you. There's no more separation from that courage. There's no more separation from that appointing that God has put into your world. Underwhelming response. Do you get the picture this morning? Okay, so Rick Warren, Rick Warren, famous preachers all around about, he says there's four causes of discouragement or disappointment in people's lives, in Christians' lives. Number one, number one cause is fatigue. When you're physically or when we're physically or mentally or emotionally exhausted, we are a prime candidate to be infected with discouragement or disappointment. In other words, we, we, I preached a message earlier in the year called Mind the Gap. You know, we, we haven't minded the gap. We've left no margin on our page, so we're, we're, we're just working in excess, and, and it's gonna, it's gonna catch up with you. It's got, you've gotta build margin, you've gotta build gap into your life. So we have, our defenses are lowered and things seem darker than they actually are. When we're dealing with something as massive as this pandemic or life in general, it's easy to feel tired, and sometimes there's no actual physical reason for it. It's just that we're tired. Second major cause of, of disappointment and discouragement is frustration. Unmet expectations cause us to get frustrated. We get ticked off. Anyone ever get ticked off? I'm not alone. Praise God. There you go. See, we expected God to answer our prayer, yet he didn't, at least not in the way that we wanted him to. See, if we were God, we would have done it different. It's probably why you're not. (laughs) Frustration can lead to disappointment, can lead to discouragement. When trivial or unexpected things interrupt us and stop us doing what we really want to do, frustration can produce discouragement and disappointment. The third cause of discouragement and disappointment is failure. Sometimes our best efforts fall apart. A deal falls through. No one shows up at our birthday party. No one shows up at our meeting. We just feel like a failure. How do we react? Do we go into self-pity? Do we blame others? Someone once said this, just when I think I can make ends meet, someone moves the ends. (laughs) You feel like a failure. That's discouraging, I've got to say. It's pretty disappointing too. It's like in football, umpires, they always change the goalposts, move the goalposts. Soccer, no, it's a perfect game there. (laughs) Stop, stop. Number four, the cause of discouragement and disappointment is fear. Fear is behind discouragement more really than we'd like to really admit. The fear of criticism, what will people think of me? The the fear of responsibility, what if I can't handle this? The fear also of failure, what if I, I blow it? All of these things can cause us to lose our energy for God 
for his word, for his spirit, for his church, for the people around about us, for serving and doing all those things. See, Jesus gives us the power to lift our vision and keep living our lives for him this morning. Today I want to share five powerful keys that I believe that will help us to lift our vision and to overcome disappointment and discouragement in our lives. And they all come out of Colossians chapter 2. That's why we're doing a series. You know, this might not be a, a verse by verse going through the Coloss- book of Colossians, but it's still in the book of Colossians, so I'm going to go with it. So the first thing, the first powerful key in overcoming disappointment and discouragement in our life is this, continue, don't give up, just keep going, just keep going, just keep going. Colossians 2 verses 6 to 7 says, So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue, everyone say continue. Continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. You see, here's the deal. We receive Christ as Lord, not as advisor, not as counsellor, not as a good luck charm or a magic genie in a bottle. Jesus is Lord. Like landlord. That's how we get this, the, the, word, the word landlord. It's, it's this th- thing that there's a landlord. We, we are tenants. You know, we, we just rent the space. So Colossians chapter 2 verse 3 says, Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Jesus is Lord. See, our commitment to Jesus is to be continued throughout our lives, even amid discouragement and disappointment. See, here's some, here's some good clues for you. Acts chapter 2 verse 46. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. One of the ways that you can keep on going is to be a part of a connect group, a home group. It's where you'll get people around about you of a like mind who will encourage you, who will strengthen you, who will cheer you on, who will pray for you, who will be there in your moment of need. You need to be in a connect group. (laughs) We were in in our connect group meeting only this week. And it was just an amazing time of being together where we actually went a little bit deeper as a connect group. We opened up, we became a little bit more vulnerable, letting people in to see our inner world. And I value that so much. I honour the people in my connect group for the trust and the vulnerability that they displayed because they were stronger for it, not weaker. Because a problem shared is a problem halved. That's why we need to be in our, in our connect groups. 1 John chapter 2 verse 28 says, And now, dear children, continue in him. In who? In Jesus. And so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. Keep going in God. That's the first and powerful key that I have for this whole thing about discouragement and disappointment. Keep going. Continue. Second one is to strengthen our faith. Strengthen our faith. Colossians chapter 2 verses 6 to 7 says, So then just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith, as you were taught, 
and overflowing with thankfulness. Strength comes from being firmly rooted in the teachings of Jesus. The Amplified Bible says it this way, having the roots of your being firmly, deeply planted in him. Psalm Chapter 1, verses 1 to 3 says this, Blessed is he who doesn't walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners take, the, the, the way that they take, or sit in the company of mockers. But who's, who, who, whosoever delights in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night, he is like a tree that's planted by streams of water, which gives its fruit in season and whose leaf doesn't wither. Whatever they do prospers. Who doesn't want their leaves to wither today? Come on. I've got some withering happening right back here. I thought I was going to be clear of that, but I am hallelujah. See, when we are in the word of God, we are strengthening ourselves. So are you in the word of God? Like there's a heap of us at the moment who have got the version app and we're doing the Alive in Christ, the, the, the Bible reading plan in Colossians. It's been amazing some of the comments that have been put up. And there's still time for us to do that. If you want to get on board with that, get the version Bible app. It's free. doesn't cost you a dime, a cent. And, and look for the Alive in Christ uh, Bible study, Bible reading plan. starts in Colossians and it just works its whole way through. And that's what we're doing in this whole thing. So here's, here's the promise for you. If you're in God's word, if you're uh, like just diving into it, Jeremiah 17 verse 8. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It doesn't fear what when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. That's what happens when we're in the Word of God. It's what happens when we do that. So how do we strengthen our faith and, and dig deep roots of, of faith into our heart? We build our life on the truth of Christ and His Word. Here's some, some a real powerful passage you need to listen to. Proverbs 18 verse 21 says this, and this is out of the Passion Translation. It says, your words are so powerful that they'll kill or give life. Now, what do you want to do? So the words that we speak mean something. The words that we talk can either kill or they can give life. So what are you saying over your life? I have here, here's one I prepared earlier, my never again list. And this is available as people leave today if you want a copy of this. If there's not enough there, if you leave your name with uh, our, our frontline team, they'll take your name down. And if we've got your email address, I'll email it to you or, or whatever. But this is my never again list. So... This is where I say, never again will I confess that I can't. Because the Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13. It, there's one here that says, never again will I confess fear. For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, of love and a sound mind. That's a great scripture right there. If you're struggling with your thought life, you need to say this one out loud to yourself. God's not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power and a sound mind. 
See, never again will I confess sickness, for with his stripes I am healed. And Jesus himself took my infirmities and bore my weaknesses. You know what? You might have symptoms. That's a fact. But the truth is that Christ has healed you. He heals all my diseases, diseases, diseases. Never again will I confess curses or bad luck, for Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Never again will I confess discontentment because I have learned in whatsoever state or circumstance that I'm in, there I will be content. Never again list. What are you speaking over your life? You know, I've caught myself doing this. I'm sick and tired of this. No wonder you're sick and tired because you just confessed it over your life. Oh, my neck's killing me. Well, don't be surprised you dropped dead. (laughs) I'm not confessing that, oh, by the way. And I'm not saying that over you either because I speak life over you. I speak wholeness, deliverance, freedom, restoration, wholeness, prosperity. Good things. Good things are on their way into into your life. You need to speak those things and read them out to yourself. Speak them over your life. What would you rather speak over your life? Our situation or God's word? What would you rather that we have faith in? Our perspective or what God says? See, the stronger our connection with God's word, his Holy Spirit, and with his people because we're in a connect group, we're walking alongside of people. We're holding hands together as we move forward with strength and courage. And even if we do feel a bit down and a bit out of it, then, you know, we've got people around about us that can support us. Then we're going to start to see strength come into our life. Number three, powerful key, is focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. The enemy of your life, his greatest desire is to break your focus from Jesus. He wants to cut off your your ability to see Jesus. Colossians 2.8 says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. See, there's many systems and beliefs and ways of thinking in our world that are hollow and deceptive, and they are focused on everything except for Christ such as finding wisdom within ourselves, our feelings, what we think, we get the wisdom from there, or getting our wisdom from people who don't know Jesus. You know what? I love Facebook. But don't look for your wisdom and and things that are going to sustain you through life from Facebook. Don't base your value on how many people like your post. Base your value on what God says to you and about you and what he's done for you. Until someone on Facebook dies for you and resurrects your life, don't give them the time of day. Well, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. It's amazing how many kids are suffering mental health issues today because they are not getting enough likes on social media. It is a massive problem. And as parents, 
It's our role and responsibility, not your youth leader, not your pastor. It's your responsibility to help them to get their identity and their value from what God says, to help them focus on Jesus. Don't get distracted looking away from Christ for his strength and his power to make it through. Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 to 2 says, Let us run with perseverance. The race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. See, as we keep our eyes on Jesus, we learn how to love others, have a servant heart, how to pray, how to set aside worry and embrace faith, overcoming discouragement and disappointment, and we can go the distance. Number four, submit to God. It's a powerful key in overcoming disappointment and discouragement. Submit to God. We've heard a lot about that over the last few weeks in our relationship series. And last week, again, Althea spoke on this whole thing of of submission as well. Colossians 2 verses 9 to 10 says, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you've been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. See, when we focus on Christ, it's with the intention of living obediently to him and walking in his footsteps. Submission goes against the grain in our nature. But when we give our lives to Jesus, we submit ourselves to him. Jesus is Lord. Remember that. And as we discover that in submitting to him, we experience the best life and the life that glorifies God in the greatest way possible. Number five. Identity. It's who I am in. It's who I am in. Colossians chapter 2 verses 11 to 12. It says, In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in water baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. We're talking about water baptism. We're talking about like how we're identified with him in the going down into the waters. It symbolizes our death. That then we were buried. We lay down in the water from nanosecond, or at least until you start tithing, and then we'll let you up. Just, I'm just kidding. So we lay down in there, and then we're raised to new life. We're resurrected out of that, out of the waters. That's why water baptism is full immersion. It's a complete identification with the person of Jesus. It's, it's an identification. We are identifying ourselves with Him. Our identity being in Him. See, it's referencing the whole, uh, this, that passage is referencing the Old Testament practice of circumcision. Okay. Praise God. We don't do that anymore. Paul makes a comparison, but concludes that our baptism is a spiritual one, not a physical one like, uh, circumcision was. So this happened when we were buried with him. We we're raised with him in, in water baptism. And it, the effect is not on our body, but it's internal. It's on our soul, our spirit. The moment we were baptized uh, in water and raised with him in Christ, we've been identified with him. God is at work saving us and claiming us as one of his children. This is the exciting part. This is what happens when we get born again, when we become a child of God. We come alive. 
We come alive. No longer am I dead, but now I'm alive because I've been born again. I've been saved by Jesus. In Colossians 2.13, it says, When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. When we got born again, we became a child of God, we were forgiven. Every single sin we've ever done, we've been forgiven. We are forgiven. The Philip's version of Colossians 2 verses 13 to 14 says this, He has forgiven you all your sins. Christ has utterly wiped out the damning evidence of broken laws and commandments which always hung over our heads and has completely annulled it by nailing it over his own head on the cross. That's great news. When we got born again, when we became a child of God, we are loved. It says in verse 14 of Colossians chapter 2, he's taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Love does that. Love does that. That's why we know that we are loved. When we got born again, when we became a child of God, Colossians 2.15 says we are triumphant. It says we, having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the power of the cross. This is great news, church. This is amazing news. And I can tell that you're excited. So what's discouraged or or disappointed us? Have we separated ourselves from all that Jesus has done? Because we've gone into a period of fatigue. We've hit frustration. Maybe we failed in an area or there's fear that's crept in. See, while God isn't responsible for the things that cause discouragement or disappointment, he is the provider of all that heals discouragement and disappointment. So there's five keys, five powerful keys that will help us in, in, in overcoming discouragement and, uh, and disappointment in our lives. We will continue. We're going to continue. We're going to persevere. We're going to strengthen ourselves in in, in faith, a faith in the Word of God. We're going to focus our attention on Jesus. We're going to submit to the lordship the lordship of Jesus in obedience. We're going to identify ourselves as alive, forgiven, loved, and triumphant. It's time to lift our vision as we walk through Colossians. Can we stand this morning? <coughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your goodness. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your your message of hope, of love, of forgiveness. Thank you. No, many of us here have taken the first step in accessing all that Christ has done for us by saying and yielding the lordship of our lives to Christ. We've said openly and publicly, Lord, I want to give, me, give, you, give you my life. I've tried living my way and it's not working out. Father, right now I want to give you my life. I want to relinquish the lordship of my life from me 
to you. I want to put you on the throne of my heart and take me off of it. I want to come in and submit to your Lordship. I want to live your way. And Lord, I know that all our troubles aren't all over when we do that. They're probably just beginning. But we'll have you to walk us through those problems. And I don't know everybody here. I don't know where you are in, in the position of faith. I don't know where you stand in so far as having done that. But I want to make an opportunity for people online maybe who are, who are watching this. I want to make an opportunity for you to say yes to Jesus today. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. That's what the Bible says. Romans chapter 10. So this morning, what I'm going to ask you to do is courageously say, I want that. I want to give my life to Jesus today. I want to say it with my mouth because I believe it in my heart that Jesus is Lord. Is there anybody here this morning you want to pray that prayer? Maybe you've never done it before. That's okay. Many of us here, we've, we'd never prayed that before either. But today we, we stand having said that. And we're different because we've allowed God's love to touch us in a way that only a personal relationship can do. So is there anyone here this morning? All I'm going to ask you to do is put your hand up nice and tall so that I can see it and then put it down and then I'm going to pray with it. Pray with you and we'll pray as, as a whole church. Is there anyone here this morning just want to give your heart to Jesus? Just want to give him a shot? Anyone here at all? Be the best move you've ever made. Anyone at all? Maybe you've indicated online that you want to do that. I'd encourage you to just write a comment somewhere below so that we can get in touch with you. And we'll get some resources into your hands to start you on your journey. But this morning I really felt that for some it's possible that there's been a disconnect, a, a disconnect, where circumstances have, have brought you to a place where you no longer are in a place where you're living what you feel God has got on your life. You've disconnected from His ability, from His affirmation, from His appointment, from His ability in your life. Once you were connected to that, but for circumstances like fear, frustration, that whole deal has just led you away. I pray that this morning that you get the, the connection, the reconnection with that. And that you see God come through for you in, a way, in amazing ways, in life-transforming ways. Are there people, and again, I'm just asking for a courageous show of hands. It takes courage to stick your hand up and say, I need that. And you don't have to tell me what area it is. It just, I'm just praying for the reconnection to the original word because I believe that that's what God speaks over you. Is there? Thank you. There's one person. Anyone else this morning? Feel like there's a disconnect. Thank you. Anybody else? Just feel that there's been... Thank you. Any others? 
Any others? Nice and tall so I can see. I want to know who I'm praying for. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the courage that these people have demonstrated today by indicating that there's a disconnect at work in their life, in whatever area it is. I pray that that word is reconnected to you, that you fulfill that word and its meaning for these people in such a way that they see it dramatically happen in their lives. I pray, Father, for a reconnection with that meaning of that word to see them flourish and thrive in life, not just survive. Father, I thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, breathe upon your people this morning. Breathe upon your people, Lord, this morning. Let your Spirit come and touch people's lives today. Lift off, Lord God, any weightiness or heaviness, Lord. Lift off any disconnect in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you just move powerfully in the lives of your people today in the wonderful name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.